0: Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. In addition, you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Every dollar you give helps keep the podcast going. One of the most important indigenous individuals of the past 500 years was a young woman who only lived until her late 20s, but who would preserve the culture and story of her people as their last representative. Her name was Shana Dithit, and her story begins around 1801 when she was born near a large lake on the island of Newfoundland. Unlike farther to the west where the only indigenous interactions with Europeans were with explorers and fur traders. Shonadithit's people, the Beothic, were some of the first to meet Europeans centuries previous. As a result, due to the growing settlement of the island, violence from the new arrivals and their invisible diseases, the population of the Beothic were dwindling. I would like to take a step away from telling the story of Shonadithit to tell the story of the Beothic. The people who would become the Beothic would migrate down from Labrador to Newfoundland around 1 AD, with the ancestors of the Beothic consisting of three cultural phases each lasting around 500 years. It is believed by some historians that the indigenous the Vikings encountered around 1000 AD were ancestors of the later Beothic people. The Beothic culture would appear around 1500 AD, just as Europeans were starting to arrive on the shores of North America. Living primarily in the Notre Dame and Bonavista Bay areas, it is believed that at the time of European arrival, around 2000 Beothic people existed. These people lived in independent, self-sufficient family groups of 30 to 55 people. Their main source of food were caribou, salmon, and seals, along with the harvesting of plant species. During the fall, the Beothic would set up deer fences that ran 48 to 64 kilometers long, used to drive caribou to hunters who were waiting with bows and arrows. When Europeans arrived, the Beothic chose to avoid contact and moved farther inland as the number of European settlements grew. One reason for this may have been that in 1500 AD, Portuguese explorer Gaspar Corte Real was the first to encounter the Beothic and he promptly captured 57 to sell his slaves. The Europeans that arrived had a negative view of the Beothic, something the Beothic would feel back towards the new arrivals. European fur trappers would put down trap lines and disrupt the caribou hunts, while also pillaging the stores, camps, and supplies of the Beothic. The Beothic would sometimes steal traps to reuse the metals, and occasionally ambush European settlements. These encounters often led to violence, and with their superior weapons, the settlers typically had the upper hand. As Europeans arrived, and the Beothic moved inland, they still had their food sources of caribou fish and seals, but continued immigration deprived the Beothic of seal and fish, which led to the overhunting of the caribou, thereby decreasing the population on the island. Moving from the traditional lands to ecosystems that could not support them, this led to the starvation of the Beothic, and it's believed that there were 350 Beothic left in 1768, and by the 19th century, the Beothic numbers had dwindled heavily due to diseases, violent encounters with other indigenous and settlers, and the loss of access to important food sources. This brings us to Shauna Dithit. As I mentioned, she was born on the island around 1801 at a time when her people were nearly gone. As a young child, Shauna Dithit would deal with the violence firsthand from settlers when she was shot by a white trapper while washing venison. She would suffer for some time from the injury, but she would recover. In January 1811, she was on the shore of Red Indian Lake when the Beothic met with Lieutenant David Buchan and his party. Buchan and his men had marched into the interior of Newfoundland to establish contact with the Beothic. This expedition would end in a terrible misunderstanding that resulted in the deaths of two of his men. Around the time she turned 18, tragedy would strike her family again. In the fall of 1818, a small group of Beothic captured a small boat and some fishing equipment. Sir Charles Hamilton, the governor of the colony, authorized an attempt to recover the stolen property. On March 1st, 1819, John Payton Jr., the son of a man who led a raid into Beothic camp in 1781 that killed several of the people, left to find the Beothic. He would find a dozen Beothic who quickly fled, including Seanadith's aunt, named, and I'll do my best, they must do it." who had with her her baby. She attempted to run through the snow, but the raiding party caught up to her, and she begged for mercy as a mother, and her husband attempted to prevent the capture and was killed. Shauna Dithit's aunt was captured, and her baby died two days later. Peyton and his men were acquitted of any murder, and on January 8, 1820, Shauna Dithit's aunt would die from tuberculosis, and at this point, it was estimated 31 Beothic remained. In the spring of 1823, Shawna Dithit's father fell through the ice, bringing more tragedy to her family. By this point, most of her extended family had died from starvation, illness, and attacks. In April of that year, Shawna Dithit, along with her mother and sister, encountered trappers near Badger Bay. All three women were taken to St. John's, where both her mother and sister soon died of tuberculosis. At this point, the British renamed Shawna Dithit as Nancy April, and she became a servant in the Peyton home where she learned English. The government had hopes of using her as a bridge between the settlers and the Beothic, but she refused to leave on any expedition. On May eighteen 1827, Bishop Inglis arrived in St. John's, and it was there that he would meet with Shauna Dithit. The meeting is described as such quote, Here the bishop met Shauna Dithit, a Beothic girl who lived for four years with the family of Mr. Peyton. The local magistrate and owner of fishing stations. She is considered the last of the Beothic tribe of Indians. In September of 1828, she was relocated to the home of William Cormac. Cormac was an explorer, author, and philanthropist who had become the first person of European descent to journey across Newfoundland, which he wrote about in 1824. In 1827, he founded the Beothic Institute to study and preserve the indigenous culture of the island. And it was with Cormac that Shauna Dithit began to talk about her people and make drawings of her people and culture. Cormac would write, We have traces enough left only to cause our sorrow that so peculiar and so superior a people should have disappeared from the earth like a shadow. He would later write about Shauna Dithit, Shauna Dithit is now becoming very interesting as she improves in the English language and gains confidence in people around. I keep her pretty busily employed in drawing historical representations of everything that suggests itself related to her tribe, which I find is the best and readiest way of gathering information about her. In early 1829, Cormac would go to England to share material about the Beothic people. Cormac was likely one of the few settlers to show Shonadithit any kindness, and she returned his kindness by giving him a lock of her hair and two stones from Red Indian Lake symbols of all that remained of the territory that the Beothic had once inhabited. Generally, Shana Ditha was in good spirits during the last years of her life, but she would occasionally grow quiet and disappear into the woods for days at a time. When she would return, she was generally happier, at least for a while. She was also a highly gifted artist, able to create patterns and designs by biting birch bark and carving combs out of caribou horns. She would also draw, allowing her to communicate with her English captors. At this point, Shauna Dithett moved into the home of the Attorney General of the colony, James Sims. She remained in his home for nine months, but her health began to get worse. William Carson, a doctor in the colony, began to tend to her, but she would soon pass away on June 6, 1829 from tuberculosis. An obituary was printed in the St. John newspaper on June 12, 1829. It stated, quote, She died of consumption a disease which seems to have been remarkably prevalent amongst her tribe, and which has unfortunately been fatal to all who have fallen into the hands of the settlers. Her death was also reported in the London Times on September 14, 1829, saying, quote, Shana Dithit, supposed to be the last of the Red Indians, or Beothics, this interesting female lived six years a captive amongst the English, and when taken notice of laterally exhibited extraordinary mental talents. She was niece to Mary March's husband, a chief of the tribe, who was accidentally killed in 1819 at the Red Indian Lake in the interior while endeavouring to rescue his wife from the party of English who took her. The obituary also mentions the Beothic, stating, This tribe, the Aborigines of Newfoundland, presents an anomaly in the history of man. Excepting for a few families of them, soon after the discovery of America, they never held intercourse with the Europeans by whom they have since been surrounded, nor with the other tribes of Indians since the introduction of firearms amongst them. Cormac would write later, The British have trespassed in this country and have become a blight and scourge to the portion of the human race. Under their power, a defenseless and once independent proud tribe of men have been exterminated from the face of the earth. After her death, a post-mortem was performed and her skull was sent to the Royal College of Physicians in London to study. Her remains were buried at the St. Mary of the Virgin Church in St. John's. Her skull was later given to the Royal College of Surgeons, where it was destroyed during the German blitz bombing of London during the Second World War. Her final resting place, and a terrible twist to the story of her people, was lost in 1903 when a railway construction came through. The skulls of her aunt and uncle had also been sent to Europe, residing at the National Museum of Scotland, until an effort was begun by the Pukek First Nation in Newfoundland to have the remains returned. In 2019, an agreement was reached to return the remains. Today Shauna Dithit is honoured throughout Canada, but especially in Newfoundland. She is seen as a vital person to the preservation of the culture and knowledge of the Beothic people, and without her, the historical accounts of the Beothic would have been lost to time. In 2000, she was recognized as a National Historic Person, and her citation reads, "Shauna Dithit is remembered as the last of the Beothic. Seized by English settlers in 1823, this young woman never regained her freedom. She taught her captors much of what is now known of the decline and dispersal of her people, even though she held no hope of their survival. Aided by her sketches, she described encounters between the British and the Beothic, including the capture of her aunt. Shonaditha died on June 6, 1829 and was buried in St. John's. Her legacy gives a unique insight into the final chapter of her people's history. A statue depicting Shonaditha designed by Gerald Squires was erected at the Beothic Interpretation Centre near Boyd's Cove at the same time. A plaque was also erected at the St. John's Bannerman Park in 2007. Recently, an opera has been made about her life.
1: She's been interpreted through a white gaze, a colonial gaze, for all of these years. So we wanted to tell her story, we wanted to kind of reclaim her story and tell it from an Indigenous perspective. Opera is about big feelings and big emotions and big stories. And this is one of our biggest stories, like the intersection of those two cultures, um, the people who were here and the people who came and what happened. Uh, once we started to invite in collaborators, we looked for, because there are no Beothic people that we know of, uh, but the Mi'kmaq people are really close uh, geographically and also probably bloodlines. And so it's really like all of these indigenous people coming together to talk about Shana Dithip, to talk about this story, which is like a kind of a founding story of this country, the extirpation of a race.
0: In 1851, the Newfoundlander, a local paper, called her the Princess of Terra Nova, and in 1999, the Telegram voted her the most notable Indigenous person of the last 1,000 years. In that poll, she received 57% of the vote. There are claims that the Beothic survived in the region of Twillingate, Newfoundland, and formed unions with other Indigenous and settlers. In 1910, a 75-year-old Indigenous woman named Santu Tony, claimed to be the daughter of a Mi'kmaq mother and Beothic father and she would record a song in the Beothic language. was born in 1835, and this lends evidence to the belief that some of the Beothic survived after the death of Shana Dithit, the last full blooded Beothic. One interesting aspect of the story of the Beothic and Shana Dithit comes in the fact that in 2010, European researchers found mitochondrial DNA sequencing in Iceland that may have originated in North America. One explanation for this could be an intermarriage between an indigenous woman and a Viking. While only a few dozen people in Iceland have this DNA sequence, it could be the last vestiges of the Beothic people. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Canadian History X, and if you did, please leave a rating and review. You can reach me at craig at canadaehx.com, and again you can visit my website where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history, as well as all my podcast episodes, just go to canadaehx.com. You can support the podcast by going to Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash Canada, E-H-X. Just like all of these wonderful patrons have. Phil Maynard, Pamela Elder, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron ohara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., Vic Hedges, JP Bear, Jason Hall, Spencer M., and Iris Gray. You can find us on Facebook just go to facebook.com slash canadianhistoryx. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And you can find me on Instagram. Just search for Bairdo37. Information comes from the Biothics or Red Indians, Aboriginal inhabitants of Newfoundland, the Canadian Encyclopedia, Wikipedia, CBC, Heritage Newfoundland, Biography, Windspeaker, and Atlantic Canada to 1900. Thanks, and see you again next time.